The Darkness Between Us. Dark Stories from the Uncanny Collective. Episode 9. Laughing Jack by Steve Fitzgerald. Hi everyone. We wanted to thank you all so much for listening to The Darkness Between Us. We hope that you are enjoying our dark stories and we can't wait to bring you more tales of the weird and macabre in the future. Today's story is a little different, though. It's written by Uncanny Collective member Steve Fitzgerald, and when he sent us this story for the podcast, he began with, This is a true story. After reading the story, we inquired with Steve whether this was a gimmick, and he simply replied, No. And then, This is not the end of it. Unfortunately, due to the current situation with COVID-19, Steve is unable to read this story to you himself. But here it is, our first true story for the darkness between us. We don't know any better than you what more is to come. This is Steve's story. This is a true story. I know that when it comes to horror stories, that is the worst way to make people believe what you have to say. Nevertheless, I have to start as I mean to go on. I'm going to ask you to take my word for it. This really happened. We begin in a bookshop in Lakeside Shopping Centre near Greys. It is October 1993 and I am eight years old. I am here with my parents and my four-year-old sister Kirsty. Lakeside is a three-floor shopping centre filled with shops of all kinds and a food hall on the upper level. I always felt like it was massive when I was a child, but on more recent visits I'm struck by how much smaller it seems. The bookshop is located on the bottom floor and is one of those places that gets surplus warehouse stock. All of the books have been heavily discounted and range from slightly older books that underperformed in sales to newer books from more independent publishers. I was always fascinated by shops like this growing up, as you could find more unusual books that, for better or worse, you couldn't find in W.H. Smith. At eight years old, my love obsession with the horror genre had already begun so I would walk up and down the cramped aisles looking for books about the supernatural or anything that looked dark, morbid, or scary. On this particular occasion, I remember it was very busy inside and I lost track of my family as I searched the shelves. I knew I'd already been gone for longer than my parents' tolerance would allow, and that when I found them again, I would be forced to leave. I had made my way to the arts and crafts section of the shop now, and, as such, my interest had started to wane when I saw a book which caught my eye. It was a big thin book, around A4 size, that was facing out on the shelf. In the middle of the cover was a cartoonish monster face that was surrounded by eight smaller ghoulish faces. Written across the top and bottom of the central face was the book's title, Creepy Masks. And then in a smaller print, Twelve Creepy Masks. I took it from the shelf and had a very cursory glance inside. Inside were the faces of various monsters that had a perforated line around them so you could cut them out and, using some string, create a mask to wear. With it being October, Halloween was right around the corner and this would be perfect. Grasping the book as if I was afraid someone else might steal it from me, I went in search of my family. After locating them, I thrust the book at my parents and I'm sure my facial expression read, Don't refuse me, I need this. I don't recall there having to be much convincing before the book was purchased and we began our car journey home. Once indoors, I very politely neglected to help unpack the car and launched myself upstairs to give the book the proper attention it deserved. This was a huge find for me, something I didn't think anyone else would have and I couldn't believe my luck. I began looking through the book, 
devouring the illustrated masks inside. The rogues gallery, which included most of the usual suspects, a very typical wicked witch, another witch called Wanda, an ogre, a hooded phantom, a creepy zombie, two vampires, Vanya and Victor, and another face I certainly hadn't seen or heard of before. I stopped dead and stared at the face before me. There was something about it, quite unlike the others. They all seemed fun and strangely benevolent, like they'd be happy to be your friend. This face did not give off the same energy. It was a man, bald on top with black hair on the sides. He had a large white collar with a black bow tied underneath his chin. His face was pallid, with a large hooked nose in the centre. His eyes stared out at you, the left one half closed as if it was studying you, judging you. I felt like he was really looking at me, sizing me up. Worst of all was his mouth, which took up over a third of his face. It was open in an almost grin, his large teeth crooked and gaped, set inside thin pink lips. I could not tear myself away from this face, and in the years since I have never forgotten how it made me feel. My skin broke out in goosebumps. I felt immediately aware of it being night outside my window, of the shadows in the room. I looked above the face where its name would be located, so I had something to call it, to call him. The words read, Laughing Jack. Strange, I thought. He doesn't look like he's laughing. He barely looks like he's smiling. That face. That mouth. I finally managed to move through the rest of the book and onto the other masks inside. As I had made my way through the muncher monster and beastly bat, the feeling that Jack's face had given me began to subside. Isn't it odd how a single image can have such an effect on a child? How a situation can be turned from fun to sinister in an instant due to an abrupt change in how we perceive it. Once I had made my way to the back cover of the book, I was called downstairs for dinner. After the family meal, I of course went straight back to looking at the book, and discovered that on the back of the masks was an activity to enjoy. I flicked through to Laughing Jack and got that strange feeling as his face glared up at me. I quickly turned the page, and looked at the activity on the back of his mask. At the start, was a short poem I don't really remember. Something about an ice cream being dropped on the floor and Jack snorting and giggling about it. Even that didn't seem to ring true to the face on the other side, who certainly didn't look like he would find an ice cream hitting the floor amusing. Maybe if it was a small child. The activity was about being a clown, to try and make people laugh, pulling faces and such, although I'd recall that no tickling or touching was allowed. At this point, I'd had enough of the book and put it under my bed to focus on something else. The evening went on, and eventually it was bedtime. I said goodnight to my parents and climbed into bed. I've always had a lot of trouble falling asleep, and this night was no different. I was always very nervous of my bedroom window, as it looked out onto our garden and had the kitchen conservatory built directly beneath it. I was always terrified of the idea that someone could stand outside my window and look in, watching me as I slept. I pulled the covers high over my head and eventually fell asleep. It is in my sleep 
I hear it. Quiet at first, but gradually louder. A deep, throaty chuckle, like chains being pulled across concrete. Something mean, spirited, and cruel. It rises up so loud that it wrenches me from my sleep. I awake to silence. The laughter has stopped, but I am very shaken, like anyone woken from a nightmare. I lay under the covers, frightened to look around for a moment and then realize that I must look. What if something is in the room with me, next to my bed? I tear the covers from me, like removing a plaster and search the room. I was frightened of the dark when I was younger, and had left on the bathroom light so I could clearly see around me. Nothing. Everything looked fine. Or at least, there was no one in the room with me. Then, a knocking at the window. Two short taps, a sound made to get my attention. I freeze. My heart races and bile rises from my stomach. I can feel eyes burning into me as I raise the courage to turn towards the window. The face of Laughing Jack stares in at me, unmoving, but horrifically alive. His face pulled into a rictus grin of horror. The mask was awful, but this was so much worse. His eyes seem wider and give off a strange glow, the veins inside them grossly red. Our eyes stay locked together for what seems like an eternity and I am unable to tear myself away. It's true, I think to myself. You can die of fright. His mouth somehow grows wider and his huge tombstone teeth are cracked and blackened. He breathes out and the glass in front of his face steams up, obscuring him for a moment. Somehow I can smell his breath. It smells of something unknown and terrible to me. The bile rises higher in my throat and this momentary need to vomit breaks the spell of his gaze. I leap from the bed and run into the hallway outside my door. I immediately notice the lights are on downstairs. My parents are still awake. I race down the stairs and see that the light is coming from the kitchen at the end of the hallway. The very room Jack is standing upon. I enter the kitchen with its bright lights and promise of safety. My mum and dad are sat at the kitchen table. For some reason, my aunt is also present and they are in deep conversation. They look up as I cross the doorway. Their serious faces morph into concerned frowns as they notice my distress. There's someone outside my window, I say. Outside your window, my father replies. There's someone standing outside my window. I need you to come and see. Of course there isn't, my mother responds. No, there is. It's a man. You've had a bad dream, my mother continues. You need to go to bed, it's late. I cannot believe this. My parents refuse to even entertain the idea that I might be telling the truth. As I plead and beg with them, I notice my aunt sits motionless at the table. She does not get involved. The room itself feels off kilter. Like everything is happening at a bizarre angle or the furniture feels misplaced. Like it's not where it would normally be. I burst into tears and expect to be consoled, but my parents remain resolute. I must go back to bed. There is no one there. If I keep making so much noise, I will wake up my sister and scare her. 
My sister. She's upstairs alone. I quickly realise that my parents will not help me and my sister may be in danger. I need to go back upstairs. Past my room and my window and the figure outside. I need to check she is okay. The walk back down the hall and up the stairs. It's unbearable. It feels like Laughing Jack could be waiting for me in every shadow. I reach the top of the stairs just outside my bedroom and I'm going to move down the upstairs hall towards my sister's room when I hear it. That grating, terrible laugh. It is coming from behind my bedroom door. I feel an invisible hand take my shoulder and gently but firmly guide me into my bedroom. I cannot do anything but obey. I am being led towards every nightmare a child can have. Towards the figure that we all dread is waiting to snatch us and take us away to some eternal darkness that we will never return from. I am back in my bedroom and lying on my bed. Under the covers is the shape of a grown man. The room stinks. The face of the window is gone. The room feels somehow larger, like everything has been pulled away from me in the bed. The door is no longer anywhere near me. Although I am petrified, more frightened than I ever thought it was possible to be, I reach out and pull the sheets back. Underneath is the face of Laughing Jack. The grin, wider, the eyes burn with hate and somehow even worse, a kind of lust. The smell intensifies and now years later I know exactly what that smell is. It is the smell of a person close to dying, of the body closing down. I wouldn't have known it when I was eight, but now I can make the connection. Laughing Jack smells of the death of all the loved ones we will lose in our lives. Intense, putrid and sad. He carries with him the loss of innocence and the end of the idea that monsters aren't real. He reaches out towards me and at the moment I knew he would have me in his arms. I woke up from the nightmare. I have never dreamt of Laughing Jack again. Oddly enough, I never threw away that book of masks either, although I have no idea what became of it. A few years ago I did manage to find another copy on eBay. I didn't buy it, but I looked through the images that the seller had put up and there he was, Laughing Jack. The figure that caused me one of the most intense nightmares I've ever experienced as a child, and even now looking at his face makes me feel weird, like I've just woken up from that dream again and I'm worried that in a moment I'll hear two raps at the window. Now we're at the end of the story. I'm sure you're wondering why I felt the need to tell it. Even more so, you may well be a little disappointed. It's a cardinal sin of storytelling to use the it was all a dream ending, isn't it? Well, like I said at the start, this is a true story and my only goal was to tell it as I remember it. It is what it is. Or so I thought. Here's why I felt the need to tell this story and why now, as I'm writing this, I am sweating a little, and feeling those goosebumps return to me. A few nights ago, my husband woke me up in the middle of the night. He shook violently awake and rolled over to me in bed. Did you hear that? He said. What? That noise. I thought... I thought I was dreaming. What did you hear? Laughing. In the dark. I sat up in bed, in a room that felt a little less like itself than normal. 
The horror of what had happened to me when I was eight came flooding back and I turned towards my husband. As we stared at each other, two sharp taps came from the window. The Darkness Between Us was created by the Uncanny Collective. Laughing Jack was written by Steve Fitzgerald and starred Connor Meddings. Theme music by Nick Samuel. Sound recorded, mixed and produced by Connor Allen and Sarah Lynham. Uncanny Collective are Connor Allen, Steve Fitzgerald, Paul Linghorn and Sarah Lynham. Please check out uncannycollective.co.uk and our social media through the links in the description below. The Darkness Between Us is supported by Horrified. Check out their website at horrifiedmagazine.co.uk.